Welcome to a series of special editions of Get Amplified in respect of Mental Health Week. Five minute snippets on a variety of hopefully useful topics. So today we're talking about accountability. Shah, do you want to kick us off? Yes, and I think in relation to this topic, you know, when we talk about accountability, to be able to hold each other accountable takes away an awful lot of stress from a situation. So it's being able to, to say to somebody, you know, I don't agree with what you've done or uh, I need to I need to bring that up with you. It does actually eliminate a lot of stress. And and I think Chris um, is going to go into this in detail um, and talk about radical candor. And, you know, the, the thing is, if you really are able to say to somebody that you don't like what they're doing, it's quite powerful. So um, let's uh, let's go on to Chris and see how we can dig into this topic. So Chris, could you maybe enlighten us as to why accountability has relevance in a mental health context? I think it, what Shah said is absolutely right. So if you're not aware of, of what's going wrong or what you're doing is not appropriate or not sufficiently uh, adequate or, or whatever it might be, if you don't know, then how do you change it and that that sort of radically candid approach that Shah talked about there Kim Scott's idea of if you care enough about somebody you'll be prepared to upset them and she actually calls it the be prepared to piss people off axis well but in so doing there is a continuum to be looked at there and some people will be upset really easily some people it'll take more to upset them so in terms of engaging with them about what it is they're doing that is wrong or inefficient or whatever it might be you have to choose carefully about how you do it so if we go back to the trust and vulnerability based trust we talked about if we know one another if we're vulnerable we can be vulnerable with one another if we know a little more about somebody over and above how good they are at work if we know something about their personality we can then choose the appropriate approach to engage with that person and to have that conversation about what is not going work so well thomas carlyle said the greatest of faults is to be aware of none so if you're not aware of what's going wrong how how do you become aware well you become aware by somebody being candid with you radically candid now radical candor sounds like it could be quite harsh but it doesn't necessarily have to be let's say for instance you've undertaken a profiling system like the five behaviors or like the, which uses disc or a specific disc profile and you know that person you then can gauge your approach and know how to get the level best out of them by adopting an approach which is suitable to them so you can hold to one another to account but I also think it's important to talk about holding yourself account I mentioned yesterday about a situation I had working with a boss who I got no feedback from whatsoever and I was unaware of whether I was doing a good bad a good job a bad job or an indifferent job because it started to affect my home life and my wife held me to account over it and said listen you need to do something about it she was absolutely right. I had to grasp the nettle. Now, in terms of mental health, it was affecting my mental health. I was not sleeping particularly well and my relationships at home was being, were being affected. I was able to take accountability for myself and do that. I, and I sort of add the caveat. I know that some people who are unwell, it would take them a long time to get to that point where they're able to do that. And an example I would use is my son. My son had a, went through a period of being particularly unwell. He, he was a self-harmer. And in talking to him subsequent to it, he said he recognised that eventually, through help and support, he got to the point where he knew he had to take accountability for it. So in terms of dealing with his own mental health he, he had to take responsibility for it and and and, and do something about it and take um, steps to make himself better 
So, uh, powerful when, example. To, talking to somebody, if you care about the people who work in your teams and you care about your leader as well because they are vulnerable, um, talk to them. Talk to them before things come and become an issue. And if you're the person who's feeling unwell, talk to somebody before you become unwell, before it becomes a problem that's going to affect your relationships and your ability to work and so on. So accountability can sound quite harsh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. We can gauge the approach in and how, how we hold ourselves accountable and how we hold those around us accountable. It goes back a bit further than Thomas Carlyle. I remember from my uh, my classical Greek training, uh, Socrates, which was what four fifty BC or something. His motto was <laughs> "Gnote se auton," which means "Know thyself." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, and actually, you know, in in looking at things, Epictetus as well, a Roman Stoic philosopher, he said, "It's not mm. the things themselves that bother us; it's the way we think about those things." So sometimes yeah. when we're trying to, we're, we're holding people to account that. or holding ourselves to account, what, are the, what is the story we're telling ourselves about it? What's affecting yeah. us? What are we allowing to affect our mental health? Because we're making some choices. And Viktor Frankl, who was, a, who was um, held in a concentration camp, he wrote a brilliant book called Man's Search for Meaning. And in which he, one of the things he talks about in there is it's not the things, we, we might not be able to control the environment we find ourselves in, but we can control our reaction to that environment. And, you know, if we're in a team of where everyone cares for one another, where we can be vulnerable, we can take action because we care about those people and we can hold ourselves accountable and we can, can take control of our reactions to things. Now, I, I, as I say, I say that if someone is very, very un unwell, it takes a long time to them to get to that point. Yeah. But most of us can, if we sit and think about the stories we're telling ourselves about the things that are happening around us, we can hold ourselves accountable and take steps to do something about it. And one of the first things is to reach out and talk to people. Yeah. Is it the case that the further away you get from your sort of midpoint, your point of stability, the harder it is and the longer it, it, it is to bring yourself back or be brought back with professional assistance? Absolutely. I, I speak from the, from the point of view and experience of a mental health first aider. And yeah. mental health first aid starts from a standpoint of hope hope for recovery yeah. that there is hope but that hope for recovery as you described there if we take it you know on a on, on a graph the earlier you get help and support the better the yeah. prognosis so yeah absolutely just, just so, the same as a physical illness i suppose yeah and you know and, and from a if i take a selfish view to my role in this podcast if everybody forgets everything we've talked about remember this talk to people about mental health and get help as soon as possible don't be frightened go and speak to somebody i've got a really personal example of that um quite some years ago now i was working for a rather toxic manager and if i'd have if i'd have held myself accountable even and said no no this guy's bullying me i need to go and speak to somebody but i didn't because i thought i could handle it myself and it festered and it festered to the point then that i was actually very very ill um, I should have taken action sooner. Um, so, you know, and I don't have mental health issues, but I really suffered at that point in that time. So we all need to think, is this affecting me? Am I, am I not sleeping? Am I not eating properly? And that's the point when you need to go and ask for help. Sure, I think that is an absolutely brilliant example. And I think to, to turn this round slightly from an accountability perspective, what the way that we think about accountability at work as in at the amplified group is we're thinking about feedback and giving proactive feedback because that 
feedback helps us. What you've just described there, and certainly experiences I've had where I felt anxious at work, is because I have been bothered and concerned about what people think about me and whether they think I'm doing a good job or not. And it's the responsibility of the people on your team and yourself and your leader to be able to give that feedback. Because if you know what people think of you and, and they're able to give you constructive feedback because they genuinely care about you, then that really does have a big impact on reducing that anxiety that then builds over time to, to the extent that you just described then. Yeah, it's worth not to know. I it's would rather worth, know yeah. why I was why I, I felt like I was doing a bad job and actually it wasn't it was actually because then you can address it but, exactly absolutely yes yeah I think that's I think that's that sums it up doesn't it it's worse not to know yeah so does this start with the leader of the organization or is it something that's intrinsic within everybody within the organization there's a responsibility for everybody to share their role in creating an environment where trust, vulnerability-based trust, is uh, is absolute and is and is sacrosanct, and everybody can can say what they need to say. But the leader probably needs to go first to set the context, to set the standard, and to open the doors for people to be vulnerable. Lead by example. That makes sense, I think. So, Shah, have you got any practical tips for people in this context, please? Do you know, it's really simple. Just go watch the Radical Candor video. That's all I would say. Kim Scott really does a great job of laying out why Radical Candor can actually be so powerful. So go watch the video. We're going to put the link to the video in the show note because I think that's uh, as, as simple as it is. Great. Good tip. So thanks everybody for listening. I hope you found it useful. Um, and we'll finish up our Mental Health Week snippet series of podcasts tomorrow. Uh, when we talk about mental health and well-being at work and, and how that contributes to the results that we build as a team.